I'm Tamara Steele. In this week's show, weeks after the federal election results, this party leader decides to call it quits. And St. Johners come through again in two holiday fundraisers. Andrew Scheer announced on Thursday he is stepping down. The federal conservative leader made the announcement in the House of Commons. I felt it was appropriate to speak to my friends and colleagues in the House of Commons about one of the most difficult decisions I have ever made. I just informed my colleagues in the Conservative Caucus I will be resigning as the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. This was a decision I came to after many long, hard conversations with friends and family over the past two months since the election campaign. This has been an incredible challenge for our family to keep up with the pace that is required to lead a caucus and a party into a general election. My wife, Jill, has been absolutely heroic. In order to chart the course ahead, this party, this movement, needs someone who can give 100% to the efforts. And after some conversations with my kids, my, my loved ones, I felt it was time to put my family first. And Sheer intends to stay on until a new leader is named. Thursday's resignation in the House of Commons by Conservative leader Andrew Scheer, not overly shocking, according to John Williamson. The Conservative MP for the riding of New Brunswick Southwest says he got an inkling of Scheer's plan in conversations he had with the leader since the election. I knew he wanted to do what was best for family, the Conservative Party, and the country. And so I was surprised but not stunned, and I certainly understand the decision that he took yesterday. Williamson says now the party can get down to business, find the right leader to win the next election, and form the next federal government. The St. John Charity has been recognized for how it spends its donor dollars. Bobby's Hospice on the west side of the city has been named one of Canada's 100 Best Charities by Maclean's. The magazine assessed hundreds of major charities to see what they do with each donated dollar and how transparent they are. Paul Sambi's Brad Perry spoke with CEO Sandy Maxwell about the recognition. What was your reaction when you had found out that uh, Bobby's Hospice had been named one of the top 100 charities in Canada? Absolutely thrilled and surprised. Um, you know, we work hard every single day, um, you know, to properly steward our donor dollars and ensure that the maximum amount is going into patient and family care and a smaller amount to administration and fundraising, although they are necessary. So it was really nice um, to receive that kind of recognition, and uh, we were we were thrilled and to be. You know, in St. John, you know, there's a lot of hospices that have been up and running in Ontario and Western Canada for long before we've been up and running, and we've modeled ourselves after some of the best. One of them is Victoria Hospice. And to be in the league of those people was just amazing because we always envisioned ourselves as the little engine that could, (laughs) and we did which is awesome. So how did the process work? Is this something that hospice applied for, or was this something that McLean just kind of went around to different charities and kind of, you know, put together the numbers sort of thing? Well, actually, the credit goes to Charities Intelligence Canada. Um, We've been involved with them for a number of years, and they actually um, review the information that's posted on the websites of various charities around the country. And they have a a very rigorous um, grading system that they put charities through in terms of, um, you know, how are you, you know, your financial data as well as your administrative costs as well as your fundraising costs. And so um, for a couple of years, we've been rated by them as a a great charity, like in the the top, you know, 
hundred, and then McLean's, I guess, decided to take it and take it even that one step further, and go through it all and really just name those top one top one hundred charities, and then they broke it down by sector. McLean's did, and so in the healthcare sector, you know, Victoria Hospice was first, and we were third. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. That was incredible, yeah. Especially because you know that's been an organization up and running since the late nineteen eighties, and as I said, when we were trying to get this going, they were one of the hospices that we you know modeled ourselves after, and they certainly shared their their best practices and standards with us and really helped us a lot. So to be in their league was just like a dream come true. So when it comes to the actual numbers, I know one of the one of the criteria they looked at is how much of a, an organization's donations are going toward things like administrative costs, uh, that sort of thing. You know, where, where do you stand uh, in terms of Bobby's Hospital? How much, I guess, on average per year goes toward things like administration, how much goes towards things like fundraising, that sort of thing? So we are 7% of our costs go towards administration, which is quite low, and about 20 um, a little bit more than 20% of our costs go to fundraising. So it's well within in the guidelines of what Charities Intelligence Canada and other organizations who evaluate charities um, say. So, uh, you know, a, good, a significant amount is going directly to, you know, patient and family care. Now, obviously, this is a, a good acknowledgement uh, for Bobby's Hospice to, to get this award, but what do you think it will mean in terms of, of donations, you know, when people may be looking at donating to certain charities and they see that, you know, hey, Bobby's Hospice is, Hospice is one of the top ones in Canada, and this is why sort of thing? Well, I think what it tells donors, and this is who the real winner is uh, here in our community because we, uh, we depend on our community, you know, for donations to stay open, it certainly tells them that we are a great place for your donor dollars and we are a good investment, and we do steward them well. So uh, I think people can be assured that when they donate to us that, you know, that uh, their dollars are being used very wisely. How how much typically would uh, Bobby's Hospice receive in donations from the general public or from, you know, uh, from corporations, things like that in a a typical year? Well, that's a great question. Um, When we opened nine years ago, we had to raise about a million dollars from our community. Uh, Nine years later, we have to raise $1.5 million every year, which is a challenge because we don't have a you know, excessively large community, um, but uh, boy, have they stepped up and supported us, and it's been just tremendous. And you know, we're grateful that we have a partnership with government, but only provides 766,000 a year. Our budget's over two million, so uh, the rest has to come from the community. And people have just been so generous in supporting us, and it's what allows us to keep the doors open and to keep delivering this great care. We would just like to say, you know, a tremendous heartfelt thank you to everybody who invests with us. Um, every donation counts. We make every donation count, and uh, we use it to, you know, not only provide great care, but invest back into this building. And our goal is that this service and this building would be here for many, many, many years to come to serve people in the future. I'm Brad Perry. Canadian musician David Miles made a stop in St. John on Tuesday for an afternoon performance in Brunswick Square. Miles' annual Singing for Supper concert series raises donations for local food banks as it travels across New Brunswick. Paul Semby's Danielle McCready sat down with him to talk about what he loves most about the fundraiser. Tell me a little bit about the, the fundraiser, you know, how long you've been doing it and why, why you're doing it. Yeah, it's been 10 years, um, which is pretty amazing because it just started as a pretty simple idea. The idea of which was, you know, with the band, with the two guys I play with and have played for over 10 years together. We're all from New Brunswick. We live in Halifax now. And I really wanted to think of a way to give back to New Brunswick. It was a great place to grow up. I love New Brunswick. My, my whole family's here. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we just 
toured with our own PA, like, and set up a show wherever we wanted. And then we thought, maybe we could just do it in the malls. And then and see how much we can raise if we just play for an hour and a half. Very simple premise. We play music. People come. They bring donations for the food bank, food or money. And that was it. That was the that was the whole premise. We figured malls were good because people are there in December. And so it started with very few people who knew who we were and what the event was. And we would get there and we'd tell them and kind of explain them. And slowly more people came. And now it's this is ten years later, and we're you know I think I don't know what we raised t- today, but I think we raised over seven thousand dollars in an hour and a half. There was hundreds of people there, so it's amazing. Like seeing it grow has been amazing. I think we're going to have raised over a hundred thousand dollars for food banks since we started. That's awesome, and so that's for food banks. You know, just in, in New Brunswick? It's local food banks in each of the areas, actually. So we do Fredericton, St. John, and Moncton, each of the areas that we perform in, not all of the areas of the province. But I felt it was important to keep it local. I felt it, it was important to, um, again, the simplicity of the idea is what attracted me to it, this idea that people could donate and the food bank would be right there. And then they just take the money and 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 take it back to the food bank. It's, there's no kind of middle person. It goes, you know, and that that is important, I think, for people. So that it's been a really amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And as you know, the years have gone on and the event has grown. What's it been like to kind of watch that crowd grow as well? You had, you know, a few hundred people out at Brunswick Square. Uh, so what's it been to you know just watch the energy and and the momentum grow with it? It's been amazing. I mean, I think it's it totally is the thing that puts me in the Christmas spirit every year. Like you just look around and there's people with their kids. There's older people. There's people who wouldn't be able to go to a show if it was in a theater and cost a lot of money. It, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of reasons why people are able to come at noon when it's downtown, which is great. I just think that there's just something about it looking out at all these different faces and seeing everybody in the Christmas spirit. Again, like, I'm, I kind of think of myself as being the mobilizer of generosity. It is their generosity. And I think that, if anything, seeing people be so generous, it makes them feel good too, right? People like that. They want to give. And so I just try to kind of get motivate people to give. And uh, it's been amazing. I mean, I think it's grown partially also because my career has grown along the same time. So people know my name a bit more. They know what we do when, we're called, when we say singing for supper, David Miles. They go, oh, yeah, I know that. I've heard of that. And so they go check it out. And uh, so, no, I mean, it's an amazing it's a, it's really cool to see how it's grown in every way because it's so organic. It's such a it's it's such a novel concept. This idea of just being able to play in a mall and you know it's different. Mm-hmm. I, don't get me wrong. I love playing in theaters and especially the Imperial Theater, one of the most beautiful theaters in Absolutely. Canada. And I do look forward to coming back really soon because I love playing in theaters. This is a very different thing. And uh, and but when you see people come, you know that they've made the effort to be there. They know, they've made the effort to bring something for the food bank. It's 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 great. Yeah, I was going to ask what, you know, the difference was, you know, between audiences down maybe at Brunswick Square compared to the Imperial. Well, you know what? I think if anything there's a, there there's less of a difference Slowly, right when we started, we were playing and it was most people didn't know who we were or what we were doing. So you're playing background music and trying to convince people to come on side and, and get their attention. And slowly you win more and more people over. Now, the majority of people there are there because they know what's going on. They're there for the show. So actually, they're, 
they're quite a respectful audience. They, they listen, they engage, they sit, they watch, they listen to the words. Um, so it's funny because it's actually become an opportunity to do a fairly real show. I'm singing Christmas songs and it's a little looser, it's a little shorter. There's a lot of time spent on signing books, taking pictures, which I love, and that's, that's why I'm there. So there is that difference, but uh, but slowly it's actually becoming quite show-like. You know, obviously there's a difference in the sound and the environment and all of those kind of things. You're able to do a real show in a theater. I love entertainment. I love putting on a show. I love the lights and the sound and, and being in a theater and all of those kind of things. But I do think that what's neat about this is this whole mobility thing, the fact that we can just motor around. We're a traveling road show. A traveling roadshow of generosity. It's great. And you can raise, you know, thousands of dollars in three days. Three days. I love playing music. It's not that hard. You know, it's time. And it's tiring because it's, you know, intense for a few days. But that's it. Like, this is an easy... This is the thing about music is, is that it really brings people together. That's why I got into it. I have always believed in music's ability to bring people together. And if you can bring them together around a cause that they understand, they believe in, like food banks, and the need to support them, uh, it, it's a, it works for everybody. Mm-hmm. What's the you know response over the years been from some of those local food banks? Do you know maybe get a bit of a boost? Oh, um, they've always been super supportive from the beginning. They're always there. They're there at the shows. They're you know telling me how much it means, and that that means a lot to me. And I think it means a lot to the people who have come to the show for sure. So no, they've been. They've been very supportive. I mean, these people work incredibly hard 12 months of the year, not just at Christmas time. In fact, Christmas is kind of busy because everybody thinks about donating, but they have to make it work for a whole year. Um, so sometimes financial donations are good that way because they can plan it a little different. So, uh, But everybody knows there's a lot of need. You know, everybody knows if you live in New Brunswick, you know. I grew up in New Brunswick. I'm home all the time. Uh, I, I delivered turkeys when I was 14, and I... Uh, it hit me. It totally shocked me. And I went, oh, my gosh, there are so many more people living in poverty than we think, than we realize. And helping people is fairly easy for a good portion of us. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's a great thing to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so when are you back in New Brunswick again? I'm actually doing a French show. I'm coming back in, in late February. I'm playing at Samuel de Champlain. I'm doing a full French show. I put out a French record a, a year and a half ago. And so now I'm doing this maritime tour of uh, all of a lot of the communities that I've played in traditionally, but doing a French show. So it's a different show, mm-hmm. you know, And but it'll be really fun. So I'm coming through pretty soon. And then hopefully, uh, hopefully I have a new record coming out in the new year, an English record and a full David Miles mega project. And so the singles will kind of start coming out in the winter, spring, and the record will come out in the spring, and then we'll tour at the fall. So there'll be, some, there'll be a bigger show announced around there. Awesome. Yeah. I'm Danielle McCready. St. John residents have once again come together to help support the Romero House Soup Kitchen. A 53-foot trailer was filled during Richie's annual Christmas food drive, which wrapped up last weekend. Paul Senby's Brad Perry spoke with Evelyn McNulty, executive director of Romero House, about the food drive. Your thoughts on how things went this year? Well, the, the food drive looks excellent. The truck is nice and full. There's all kinds of vegetables on there and uh, some meat as well and all kinds of non-perishables, which is fantastic. Excellent. And how important is this food drive uh, to Romero House? Uh, this is our main food drive for the entire year for Romero House. And normally speaking, we will have enough staples now, pasta, Uh, canned vegetables, that kind of thing, to pretty much last us a year. There's other little food drives happen all throughout the year that augment uh, this food drive, but this essentially gives us a little bit of security that 
um, you know, we'll be able to keep the bowls full for a while for sure. Mm -hmm. And I understand correctly, you guys don't get any any government funding. This is all, you know, no, donations, everything like exactly. that. Exactly. Romero operates solely on free will donations. Mm -hmm. And so all the uh, food that we serve during the year, all the volunteer help that we have, all the uh, financial donations to keep the building go going are all uh, based purely on the community working together to keep Romero House going. Uh, last year we served 82,339 meals out of the building and I'm anticipating uh, once the end of December comes we will be right around 84, 85,000. So things are definitely not better. Uh, the first of the food drive that we had for Romero House, um, we were serving at that time in the 50,000 meal right around there. Uh, the first year, uh, 14 years ago when Richie started the food drive, we're now pushing 90,000. So it's really, uh, it's tremendously needed. Um, the truck goes a long way into letting me sleep a little better, but I know that we will be able to put food on the table, so to speak, for a while. And I want to thank the uh, St. John community for being there for us. They have been for 37 years from our house has been operating, and uh, it's, it's important. We need to look after each other. Now, I know that truck is, is full looking today. Any idea how much in, in terms you received in donations of food and also uh, money donations? Honest to God, I have no idea. <laughs> um, the money that comes into uh, the food drive is used to buy food that's on the truck. Oh, so okay. it's not a, a money for a Romero House thing. It's actually, oh, so okay. if somebody donates money uh, during the week the truck is here, that's actually converted into actual food. Oh, okay. And we provide Richie's with a list of things that we would serve and things that we would benefit from having. And then the cash donations are used to buy food. So that's not a matter of uh, financial gain for Romero House that way. It's mm -hmm. a food gain for Romero House. So right. this is purely a food drive. I know Richie's has been a big supporter of this, as you mentioned, for, for years now. How important is it to have a sponsor like that in the Oh, community? it's wonderful. Romero House really never has had a sponsor for this length of time. Uh, Daryl's dad actually made soup for Romero House when Romero House was on Water Street in the early, early days. Oh, okay. And so uh, we've always had a connection. Romero House has always had a connection with the Richie family. And Daryl has turned that connection in the last uh, few years, 14 years, into a food drive for Romero house. Uh, 14 years ago Romero House was uh, struggling a bit and Daryl stepped up to the plate but and with other people of course so it takes a community to raise a child and it takes a community really to operate Romero House and so uh, with uh, Daryl at the flagship so to speak um, the food drive has been uh, great for us. Excellent and lastly if people weren't able to make it here this week how else they can maybe drop off a donation to Romero House? Uh, Romero House is open every day of the year we're never closed uh, we're during the week we're open eight till four and on the weekends and holidays from nine to one and if somebody needs to uh, drop something off we're more than happy to receive it we take clothing household items food cash donations leftovers from parties the whole night we're very practical very frugal and we waste nothing i'm brad perry that's it for this week's show i'm tamara Steele.